0: Hey, what's up family? Welcome to my video. Hope y'all are doing well. In this video, I'm going to talk about ways we can become more useful to God and others. And so after just watching this video, if you just your very first time, you're like, man, I like this guy's vibe, make sure you subscribe. But let me introduce myself. I forgot that part. My name is Joshua Rezzi. Also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And like I said before, after watching this video, like man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe. I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who has been subscribed for years or days or weeks or if not minutes, I want to say thank you um, so much for hitting that subscribe button. Um, because hitting that subscribe button says you trust um the uh how God used me and you love the content. So I say, I want to say thank you. And as everyone is watching make sure you hit that like button and make sure you subscribe. Make sure all that good stuff. Get this video out there because I really do help believe that this video will help people examine their usefulness and position themselves to be used. And I also want to make sure I shout out to all those people who listen to me on my podcast, man. And if you feel like you can't listen to videos at work and whatnot, and you want to hear the audio message, man, I have about a thousand or so um, audio um, uh, mess on my podcast so make sure you check those out but let's get right into it I'm gonna get my notes out won't labor too long Um, this this topic or discussion stemmed from my message that I shared with the college students of, at my church last night and as I was uh, processing uh, or just vibing with the Holy Spirit to see what He wants me to talk about today. This topic jumped back up in my spirit, so I said, "Let me go ahead and and vibe out with my online community with this topic." But there's three scriptures I want to kind of break down real briefly um, that will really help us understand um, the importance of being useful and using our time wisely. But Second Timothy 2, through twenty two says, "Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver." but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he or she will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Verse 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, Love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord, the pure heart. This is a very impactful scripture that, uh, that is very uh, essential uh, for us to process through. It says, Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. What that means is, there are uh, in, in the master's house, in God's kingdom, and in, in the world per se, let's get a broader scope, there are going to be some things that are more honorable in use, things that are made of gold, silver, etc. And it's going to be some things of dishonorable use, meaning they're easily to be uh, discarded. They're easy to be thrown away. But he says, um, therefore, if anyone cleans himself, this is giving the insight that we, it's our responsibility after the Holy Spirit has sealed us to cooperate with the sanctification process and not entangle ourselves with dishonorable, decaying, defiling things that will position us not to be useful Or used by God. God is not looking for people uh, um, 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 who are going to be a liability. See, I always say this, God loves us all equally, but he doesn't trust us all equally. That's important for us to understand that the the more I am of value to God, the more I am used by God. And the more valuable I become in God's use, then God will see it useful for me to be joined with other useful pieces to help aid the use or the needs of the kingdom. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, honorable, that's us cooperating, that we cleanse ourselves, that we cleanse our minds, our thought life, our emotions. We cleanse our, our feelings and whatnot so that we can be of more honorable use. What can God get from you right now? That's a question I always ask myself. How can God use me today? Am I positioning myself to become more useful? It says, uh, um, therefore, if anyone cleans himself from what is dishonorable, he or she will be a vessel for honorable use. I love the word vessel. I told the young people yesterday, I said, "Um, there is a vision that God has in you, right? There's a vision that God uh, uh, has for you. And a vessel is a ship. And in order for me to take that vision of God that's in my vessel from one shore to the next shore, I got to make sure that the vessel has no holes in it. I got to make sure the vessel is not worn. And the issue is many of us are are not uh, uh, upgrading the vessel. We're not uh, maximizing the vessel. We're not amplifying the vessel. Therefore, the vision is not guaranteed to get to the other side. And that's why we got to ensure that we keep this vessel clean, that we, we keep ourselves removed from anything that may defile. And even if it's something, Something small, little foxes spoil the vine. The Bible said the little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so, if we get so immersed with culture, that's why I say you can't love culture more than you love God. It doesn't matter what culture is. I'm not a black man first. You see what I'm saying? I'm not an African man first. I'm a Christian first. The Christian aspect. Covers everything, and that's what sets the parameters. That's what sets the goal for how I engage in all variances of my of the cultures that I engage in. But we have to cooperate and make sure that we're cleansing every aspect of ourselves and cooperating with the Holy Spirit's leadership. Right? It says, "Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house." How useful am I to the master? When the Holy Spirit looks in the toolbox in in, in the world, am I a useful? Am I Mister Reliable? Are you Miss or Mister Reliable? Are you someone that God says, "Hey, that individual is useful"? Or uh, what what am I really bringing to the table? We'll talk more about that down the road. It says, set apart is wholly useful to the master of the house. Ready for every good work. That's what makes something useful. It's always ready, <laughs> it's always available, it's always accessible. Are we more distracted or are we more accessible? Those are questions we have to understand. Am I ready for every good work? When God had when, when you're in the supermarket, or <laughs> supermarket, if you're in the grocery store, can God say that person is useful there? When you're at the gym, can God say you're useful there? When you're at the, your job, wherever you are, can they can the master of the house say that is useful there? I want to be in a place where God says no matter where Josh is, I can use him. There's nothing in him that's going to contaminate him. There's nothing in this environment strong enough to distract him from my leading in him. So we got to say, am I always ready to be used? Am I always available to be used? Am I always accessible to be used? It says ready for every good work. So flee youthful passion. Youthful passions is what keeps us from being uh, useful. When we get so caught up in premature, baby-like, youthful-like tendencies and passions, then we, we just be in this emotional wave. God doesn't want us to be in this emotional wave where we toss between every emotional uh, um, trigger, or or looking for every emotional experience. That's youthful passions. Youth, youth tended, youth tend to only want the the best things. They youthful passions tend not to want to work for things. They tend to want to receive things. Those are youthful passions. Oh, I want this house. I want this money. I want this relationship. But it's all passion, but nothing product, product, uh, productive, right? And it says, so flee, run away from it. Youthful passions. Hey, that stuff don't benefit in the long run. Just out here wanting things don't benefit in the long run. Instead, I should pursue righteousness. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. My goal every morning is to say, Lord, Father, I'm ready to be used today, however you want to use me. I'm seeking my position in your kingdom today, God. And then after that, I'm going to pursue how to do everything right. How? I'm going to position myself to be led to do things right. I'm pursuing his righteousness. How can I do this in a better way? How can I do this in a greater way towards my wife, in a greater way, ministry? So I can increase my usefulness? It says pursue righteousness, faith. See, righteousness, faith, love, and peace, these things will, 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 will bring ease, will, will, will keep anything stable. If I'm not pursuing righteousness and doing things that is right in every environment, if I'm not wanting my faith to be developed, if I do not walk in love, and if I'm not a peacemaker, then how can I be useful? It's hard for God to use someone who is not living right. He can't use someone that's living right. Let me make sure I give you this disclaimer. God can use anybody. What I'm not saying is that God, you have to be perfect for God to use. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not also saying that God is limited based upon uh, people's availability and accessibility. I'm not saying that because God can use a donkey. God can use anybody anytime, no matter what their function or faith level is. God can use a sinner. God can use an ant. God can use anything and anyone at any time. The usefulness that I'm talking about is effective, efficient use, that I can use this individual as often as I see fit because that person is ready to be used. So I'm never gonna say that God is limited in his ability to use individuals because God can use a sinner. God can use a babe in Christ. God can use a, a seasoned vet anytime. But what we're talking about is that I'm ready for every good work. I'm useful. Let's keep going. There's a song that says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me some of y'all don't know that so you see my so i remember that song when i was a child if you can use anything lord you can use me that's my note right there me see what i'm saying that's the heart that we want to have let's keep going uh next verse it says in ephesians 5 15 through 16 it says look carefully at how you walk Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That's a very important scripture. That's This is a warning that in order for me to be useful, I got to look carefully at how I walk. If I want to be used in a greater way for God, if I want to be useful in my marriage, if I want to be useful in ministry, if I want to be useful at my church, if I want to be useful anywhere, I got to look carefully at how I walk. I can't just not walk unwise and expect God to use me often. I got to look carefully at how I walk. How am I walking with my wife? How am I walking with God? How am I walking with my peers? How am I walking with the opposite sex? How am I walking? How am I walking in every on every path? Because in different paths requires a different walk for some, but I want to walk the same way on every path. I don't want to be walking smooth, you know what I'm saying, on one path and then walking all... No, I want to have the same walk. I want to be consistent. Look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. When I know my proper use, I make the best use of my time because I know time is spelled L-I-F-E. And there's a motivator at the end. It says because the days are evil. We don't have time to waste now. If you look around our world, it has accelerated to the depths, of, to evil depths that we didn't think that would be here 20 years ago. So that verse right there is self-experimental. Next one, 2 Timothy 2, 4 says, no one engaged in warfare. Three E's in this text is very essential. No one engaged in war, entangles themselves with the affairs of his life that he may please the one who enlisted them. These three E's are essential when it comes to usefulness. The person who is engaged with God the most It's rarely entangled. But those who are not as engaged with God entangles themselves often. But when you know that you are a soldier and not a civilian. Then you live and think differently. Now that I know that I'm a soldier, I train as one. I live as one. My home is not here. You see what I'm saying? And so when I have that mindset, I engage. And no matter where you are on the spectrum of life, you are in war. (laughs) You either warring with God or you're warring against God. If you engage and become defiled by anything in this world, you become an enemy of God by default. Soon as we was born, we was an enemy of God. And you say, Josh, how so? We were enemy of God because everything we did in sin goes against or is fighting against the kingdom being advanced in whoever we are sinning in or against or with. But when we became enlisted, our joy changed from being entangled in this world to actually being a pleasing soldier of God. It says no one engaged in warfare, a soldier. When I when I know that I'm engaged in his wife and it's a fight, and I'm engaged uh, uh, in this in this uh, 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 opportunity to serve the kingdom of God, I don't have time to think about civilian entanglements. I don't got time to be entangled. You see what I'm saying? I don't have time to to be trapped and webbed in all these different cycles. I can't can't be used by God because I'm entangled in pornography. I'm entangled in lust. I'm entangled in pride. I'm entangled in greed. I'm entangled in gluttony. I'm entangled in diseases. I'm entangled in gossip. I'm entangled in in societal pressures. How can I really properly engage the war and advance God's kingdom and be used by him if I'm entangled in, in 16 different things? And that's the issue. We become so enamored with and in awe of the 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 uh, uh 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 trinkets of this world system, and then we bite into those things, and then we become addicted and entangled in cycles, and we prove not to be useful. That's why we got to stay engaged with God. Stay engaged in the war. That's why when God told Gideon, bring the soldiers to the river and see how they respond. He said, those that dip their face in the water and just drink, 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 send those boys home. But those who bring the water to their face and stay watchful, those people are fit for war. Now, what does that mean? The issue is uh, The enemy loves to bring you to uh, rivers and lakes because he knows you'll worship the lake more than the one you should be on guard with and for. That's the issue. Nobody who goes to a season of refreshing and bows down to it and drinks of it is fit for war. But those who says, I'm going to enjoy this, I'm going to enjoy this promotion. I'm going to enjoy my marriage. I'm going to enjoy parenting. I'm going to enjoy success. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to bring the joy to me. I'm not going to bow to this thing of happiness. I'm going to bring this joy to me, right? And then I'm going to keep my head on a swivel because I know I'm in a war. Let's keep going. And before I do, let me say hey to everybody who's watching. Didi says, good afternoon, coach. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Katina White says, hello. Hey, girl. How you doing? Tony Ann Raw says, hello from South Korea. Thank you for watching from South Korea. Michelle Cunningham says, hello from Georgia. Thank you for watching from Georgia. Kenny says, Joshua, say, hey, do you guys have a ministry line or website? I remember you saying you close. Yeah, IamUnplugged.com. I'll go in and post that link right now for you. So that you can uh yeah, I am unplugged.com. The, the movement still exists. We still out here. We still in the streets. <laughs> online streets, though. So here's the website to my here's the link to my website, unplug.com We're not closed, like like the, the brick and mortar version is not there, but the but the online resources, tools, all that's still there. Let's keep going. Now, next slide, let's get to our main thoughts and discussion for today's topic. And thank y'all so much for watching. Make sure you share. It, we, the new YouTube uh, uh, talking point says when you like it, it pushes the video, gets it up there and in front of more people so that we can help more people. Now, the main thought, you're so welcome, Kina. Glad you got it. Main thought is this. God wants to use us now, but the question is, are we willing to be used? Or in other words, are we available to be used? That's even better. God wants to use us now. Good afternoon to you, Epsi. Thank you for watching from California. God wants to use us now, but the question is, are we willing and are we available to be used? The next main thought is this. You don't have time, you don't have to wait to be used. You can be useful now. You don't have to wait to be used. This is for my young people last night. So some of these some of these points was for college students. So bear with me and I'll, and I'll modify it to match the viewing audience now. The main questions that we have to think about As we talk about usefulness are these. Are you useful to God right now? That if God looks at you right now, are you useful? Or is God going to be like, man, they too defiled. I, I would use her right here. I would use him right here. But, but shorty's in, but, but the shorty, the young lady's in here right now. And if I use him, he may get puffed up in his feelings and pride and then fall. You know, you know I'm saying? see, God is not going to put more on you than you're able to bear. So God's going to use you at the level of your effectiveness and efficiency. Or he just use you because you just randomly there and he has a plan. But we're talking about ready to be used at any given moment by God. And and to increase our usefulness, even so that what we bring to the table in a marriage can be useful or what we bring to a ministry can be useful. So no matter where we go, we are useful. We are a joy to be in other people's toolbox and and, and also including God's toolbox. Now, are you useful to God right now? What are you entangled with right now that's making you not useful to God right now in in a ready state? In what ways can God use you right now? That's a way to think. In what ways can He use you? Right now, at your job, right now, wherever you are, open your eyes and see, oh man, am I? Because when you open your eyes, you begin to see how much you can be used. That's why I'm always open. I'm always alert. I'm always looking at my environment. I don't count things strange when I'm when I get when I pull up beside a person. I just flow with God, and that's how I become useful. I flow with him. I'm available. I'm not weighed down in worry. I'm not entangled in no sin. I'm not caught up in no uh, 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 selfish ambition. I'm just available, right? Next question. What do you bring to the toolbox? What do you bring to the toolbox? The toolbox can be God's toolbox, your marriage toolbox. Right now, what I bring to the toolbox, I got to assess what makes me valuable to my wife. See, the goal is I want to be a Swiss army knife. I don't want to be a butter knife because a butter knife only cuts through butter. But a Swiss army knife got many tools in it. You see what I'm saying? I want to be where God can say I can use him as a hammer. I can use him as a screwdriver. I can use him as a scissor. I can use him as a nail filer. I can use him. I, 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 I can use him many ways. But I don't want to be only used by God when he wants to butter his biscuits. (laughs) And even then, God's like, man, I don't even know, man I can just, you know Next question, how useful are you to others? How useful are you to others? Good morning, y'all, y'all Thank you for watching from uh, LA I think that's LA Southern California Yeah, thank you for watching Now, the problem Many individuals are either unfit to be used by God Unfit, not ready Unfit Unfit don't completely understand how they should navigate the world and stuff. Many individuals many individuals are either unfit to be used by God or they are not using things correctly due to them being unaware of their proper use. There we go. Or still being affected by past or present abuse. Many individuals will find themselves unfit to be used by God in an effective, continuous way. Readily, or they are not using things correctly, including themselves, because they're unaware of their proper use, or they're still being affected by past or present abuse. The best way for the enemy to affect your usefulness is through abuse. That's the other slide right there. The point there is usefulness versus uselessness. The enemy wants us to enter into forms of abuse, that's why the enemy doesn't fight fair. The bulk of our abuses happen in our formative years, six through 18 formative years, where our perspectives, ideas, and personalities are being formed. That's why he abuses kids. He wants abusers around those who, who, who have no idea who they are because they're six. So if I abuse them and if I misuse them and then I try to force A particular use out of them that doesn't correlate to how God wants to use them, then it messes them up psychologically so that when they get older, they're programmed or affected by abuse or using themselves opposite of how God wants to use them. And so that then sets the individual up to be by 16, by 13, by 24, because the new midlife crisis is not 35 anymore. The new midlife crisis is 24, the quarter life crisis. <laughs> it's, now people are in a quarter life crisis now. It used to be 35 to 45 was when people start going through these midlife crisis. Now it's quarter life crisis. Right, So now people are at 24, 25, and then all of a sudden their abuses and past abuse and current abuse and and them finding out that this is not what they really want to do now starts affecting them, and then now they feel useless now. So what happens when a kid is abused, rejected, abandoned, neglected? They're not going to grow up unless they're surrounded by a community of individuals that inspires them. But they're not going to grow up thinking they're going to be used by God or be useful. They're going to feel useless. And then uselessness leads to future abuses. But when you, no matter what abuse you went through, God, if you allow him to reveal his presence in every situation, and how he's utilizing that for your good and turning it around and actually position you um, to to be who you need to be, then you will begin to see yourself useful. Just because I dealt with abandonment in my life, I'm not going to allow abandonment to affect my usefulness now. I'm not going to allow people's rejection of me to affect my usefulness to God because the higher you scale yourself... The higher you get to God and realize that he was always there and that he changed this around to make everything fair for you and, and that you're on par um, to, 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 to in, in trajectory to achieve your purposes, then you don't care who rejects you. It may sting. It may bother you. It may downright offend you. But you already know, hey, I'm not going to let that get into my emotional realm, cause me to be entangled. Because I'm still focused on the one that number three enlisted me and all I care about is being pleasing to him. But uselessness is, is that stems from abuses is what hinders people from engaging their proper use and then finding themselves useful. So many people just unfit because they can't be used by God in in a a major consistent way. They can't be entrusted into or trusted because they know that they're still being affected by abuse. Now, let's get some definitions real quick so we can make some of this more uh, plain. Oh, I got another point. Don't envy you. So I'm going to talk about that later. I can't get mad at how God is using somebody else if I'm not engaging with him at that level. Or even if I am engaged with God that I love, I can't get mad when God use somebody because God knows that person is the one that needs to be used in that particular situation. And the issue is we allow envy because God is using this person to affect the way we uh, to affect our readiness. Just because God is using another preacher, another speaker. I'm not going to get in my feelings about that. I'm going to just stay ready. I heard. Of, uh, I think his name is. I forgot his name. He was he was a basketball coach for the Suns. Man, um, I forgot his name. Um, it, it, I see his picture online. Uh, he was on uh, um, uh, uh, Undisputed a few times. Uh, his name starts with an E. I forgot his name, but what he was saying was, was that he told one of his players, he was like, Hey, we're gonna give this, we're gonna use this player right now, but if he messes up, you gotta stay ready. So, what he was saying is, I'm putting pressure on the one that's being used right now, but I'm also giving promise to the person on the bench. But that doesn't mean that the person is over there like, I want this person to mess up. It just says, be ready. Because you don't know when, going. You you're not gonna know when God's gonna call your name. People don't know how quick promotion is. Promotion, like you, people not ready for that rush because when God gets moving for you, we move it. And that's why you got to stay ready so you can pivot so you can be quick so you can be ready to go but if you if you over there envying somebody else being used it distracts you from being ready and staying ready you don't have to get ready if you already ready you don't have to get ready if you stay ready so we can't envy use that's just my point on that real quickly next slide definitions use by definitions Use, by definition, is the action of using something or the state of being used for some purpose. That's what use is. Use is an action. See, husband is not a noun. It's a verb. People are chasing nouns, but are not equipped to do the verb. People are chasing the title of wife, but are not able to wife. People are chasing the title of husband, but they're not able to husband. People are choosing to be parents, but they're not equipped to parent. People are choosing titles like pastor, apostle, preacher, teacher, whatever, but they're not able to pastor. Apostle or whatever the phrase is. People are chasing positions in their companies. They have great zeal. That's what youthful passions are. I see myself doing that. Wow, it would be great to do that. But they're not able to function like that. So use is an action of using something or the state of being used for some purpose. It means action towards purpose. That when God used me, he has a foreseen purpose for my use. He has a reason for that use. And that reason for that use is not for me to recoup in glory. For me, it's for that glory to be sent to He, so that no matter when, no matter what person sees the glory, God is able and gentle enough and kind enough and and not tainted to be able to handle that glory. That's the definition of use. Definition of abuse: the improper use of something. Abuse, by definition, is the improper use of something. Or in other words, abnormal use, A-B-U-S-E, two words put together, abnormal use, when something is not used the way it's supposed to, abnormal use, examples, physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, financial abuse, cultural environmental abuse, and spiritual abuse, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I, amen. I will. I want God's girl says, amen. I want to be a willing and able vessel. That's great. Also, coach, I'm a, I'm in a prayer line. I'm a prayer line counselor. Is that being used even though I'm not out in the street? Yeah. God uses us a myriad of ways. That's why he can't envy people's use. Every joint supplies. Every joint is important. The spleen can't get mad at the heart because it's more important. The spleen says I have importance. It doesn't matter what level of importance? It just means I have importance. So some of the best use are hidden uses. So that's why there's going to be a lot of people that nobody saw. They didn't have no social media page. Nobody knew who they was. would will probably get more awards than me. We'll probably get more awards than a preacher who's done a lot or a person who was more visual or who was who's more visible, or who was more vocal. It's going to be a lot of unseen people getting a lot of greater awards because there's greater temptations when, when you're visible and when you're the most vocal. So that is definitely, that's being used, that's a great use. So I don't want you to all to think that the greater forms of use or usage <clears throat> is the, the, vi- the more visible, the more vocal use. Someone, sometimes a greater use is the unseen use. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad. Look at your your question. Yar Yar says people just need skills then to be used. That's right. Skill stacking is important. Skill stacking is essential when it comes to use. So as a husband, I can't be one dimensional and expect my my marriage to reach greater dimensions. I can't be one dimensional if I want to reach greater dimensions. I got a skill stack. I got to be a great communicator. I got to be a great listener. I got to be gentle. I got to be kind. There's a lot of tools in this toolbox as a husband. See, we have to understand that who we are as a person, there's multiple tools. I got I got in, on my tool belt is coaching, great listening skills, kindness, gentleness, empathy. I can lift a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? I, I can carry all the groceries in in one trip. <laughs> um um, there's so many uses so that no matter when i switch the hat from husband to coach to uh mentor to whatever i my tools are readily available and i don't have to be like whatever that's why you got to ask yourself the more i uh know my use from god the more i'm used by god the more i begin to be aware of my use in the grand scheme of things then the more you begin to stack different things skill-wise onto your tool belt. What's on your tool belt? What's in your toolbox? So that when you do meet a husband, you can pull that off your tool belt. I got that boo. When you're in front of your wife, you know what I'm saying? When you um, acquire a wife or find a wife, you got a plethora of tools on your tool belt. Spiritual tools, mental tools, emotional tools, financial tools, spiritual tools. You just can't have all financial tools on your tool belt and expect your wife to enjoy the marriage. Cool, you can provide, but what is in your, on, on your left side? What's your spiritual? What's your spiritual tools? Can you pray someone through something? Can you encourage with the word? Do you know the word? Are you led by the spirit of God? That's your spiritual tools. Do you got strong mental tools? Can you help thought process? Can you help brainstorm? Your wife brings you an idea. Can you amplify? Can you bring structure to it? When your husband brings you something as a woman, can you multiply or do you divide? Women are multipliers. When a husband gives a wife sperm, she whoop, whoop here's a her baby, boo. Here's a baby. You give a woman a house, fellas, boop, 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 here's a home. You see what I'm saying? You give a woman an idea, Boop, 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 take another levels. Now, you know, in everybody's gates, everybody. Like, oh, man, this man is because your wife is multiplied. Man, you got to be able to say, do I have the logical structure? That's why femininity amongst men is at an all time high, because men, they don't want men to be men. They want men to be feminine. Feminine men. That's what they want. So so you gotta look at all you gotta look across your tool belt and say, What can I provide someone? When God looks at you, oh yep, he can pray for her, he can pray for him, she can pray for her, she can pray for him. They can they got all the spiritual tools, oh their craft, they master their craft, so many tools. But all these different abuses is what affects our usage. Useful by definition is this, able to be used for a practical, love that, practical purpose. Tools are for practical things, not these farce, emotional, out of the area stuff, practical. Marriage, ministry, money, posi- money management positions, no matter what it is, require practicality. We This whole creative thing is cool, we are creatives, but we got to be practical. We got to be logical. We got to be resourceful. We got to ask ourselves Am I integral? That's the uh, integrity, honesty must be in your toolbox in order to be successful. Am I reliable? Reliability has to be on your tool belt. Consistency must, it has to be on your tool belt. Honor and respect has to be on your tool belt. Empathy has to be on your tool belt if you want to be used by God in a major way. If you want to be used by anybody, you got to be a joy to be around. You just can't be enjoyable. You got to be practical. You got to be productive. You got to be useful. That's why nobody can say, that's why uh when I left, when um I, I, cho- I, 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 I took the job that I have now, it hurt my old principal, the other principal. It hurt her to use because I was so useful. That's what keeps you valuable is your usefulness. The more useful you are, the more valuable you are. That's why you can't get mad when people always calling you for stuff. It's because you're useful. Receive that with joy because you're adding new skill sets to your tool belt. I can't get mad when my principal calls me all the time. (laughs) I can't get mad when people want me. I'm useful. But it doesn't mean just because I'm useful, I let people abuse me. So you got to have boundaries and limits. You can't just can't be available everywhere. You got to stay valuable. You can't just be doing that. Then you decrease in value. You're useful. But you got to say, hey, if you want to use me more, you got to pay me more. I'm not sitting there saying I'm putting that pressure on anybody. But what I'm saying is, but there, there is also a point that goes like this. The man or woman who does more than what is required of them will eventually be paid more than what is paid them now. So no matter what job, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, I'm not going to pick that up because I'm not no janitor. No, I'm not going to pick that up. No, no, you do. You you take initiative. You do more because in you doing more and working into the Lord. See, the thing is, I don't work towards. I don't work for my principal, even though I do. I don't just work for my pastor, even though I do. I ultimately work unto the Lord because when I work unto him, I become greater use to them. See what I'm saying? He's the one that promotes me. This job that I have right now found me because I was useful. The job that found me before this, the elementary school that found me, I wasn't qualified for. But because the joy of the Lord was on me, this lady walked into my YMC. I was a manager at the Y. She walked in every Tuesday and Wednesday. And miss, I don't want to say her last name because, because but she may be watching. She'll come in every now and then. And just because I had this glow and this touch about me, this gentleness about me, she gave me a job on the spot. And then she was like, you have to have a college degree. And I said, I don't have a college. I'm still a junior in college right now as we speak. And she was like, "All right, will modify. It doesn't matter what the paper says. If people see you as useful, they'll change things for you. That's why I'm always looking for ways to become more useful to God, to become more useful in my wife, because I'm developing new skills. I'm adding more things to my tool belt. So when God looks at me up, Josh, reliable, Josh, trustworthy. I don't got time to allow abuse and neglect and abandonment of my past to keep me entangled in all this stuff to keep me from doing the stuff that God wants me to. I'm focusing on being more useful to him because of the joy that I get to work for God. I get to serve God. I'm not working for God to get. I'm working for God because I get to. (laughs) No, we don't want to work for God because we get. No, we work for God because we get to. That should be the greatest joy. Let's keep going. So useful by definition, is able to be used for practical, practical. Man, you can't be all you can't be super creative and all in the universe. <laughs> Even though I, you know, anyway, I ain't gonna get into what I believe, flat earth and round stuff. But well, you hit the it, you you, you all the way to the firmament. <laughs> you you just drifting. <clears throat> practical marriage. It's not about the dates y'all go on. It's not about the sex you have. It's not about that. It's about the day-to-day operations, the practical things. That's why people be just getting married, but don't talk about the practical things. Have you talked about who's responsible for laundry? (laughs) Who's responsible for dishes? Who's responsible for managing the money? Who's responsible for dusting the ceiling fans, <laughs> who's responsible for driving? One thing I, my wife don't do when I'm around, I've, out of my three years being married to my wife, I think I've only been in a passenger seat twice. <laughs> twice, I can count on half a hand, half a hand. How many times when I'm with my wife, I didn't drive. My wife don't like driving. I take all driving responsibilities. Most of them, ninety-nine point nine percent. The only time, the only two, the two times I didn't drive. One time I was sick. Another time I was too tired, but I had to go preach. So she drove. I'm responsible for driving. I do ninety-five percent of the dishes. Ninety-eight percent of the dishes I do. Ninety-eight point nine nine percent of the laundry my wife does. See what I'm saying? Practical things. You see what I'm saying? seasonally we determine who cooks depending on who needs the chef (laughs) so you see fellas ladies you gotta have these things in the tool belt can you cook fellas you kids can't be like well i'm gonna marry a wife who cooks you gotta know how to cook too because what happens when she's pregnant and she can't cook you gotta say you know what babe i'm the chef for the day what you want babe that's five meals i can cook i'm not trying to be what's his name. I'm not trying to flambé. I'm not trying to to cook like Darius. I'm not trying to do these type of things. I have 5 go-to meals that I am essentially great at. So they, that I got 5 meals in my tool belt. <laughs> but that's good. You I'm saying? I'm not trying to have 15. I got 5. But you got to know how to cook. That's got to be in your tool belt. Can I cook Women and men, can I boil water? Can I make grits? The real test of a person's cooking ability is their grits. If you can master grits, you can probably cook anything. You got to know because cooking means survival. Your kids, if you don't know how to cook, then your kids are going to be forced to eat junk. You see what I'm saying? Do you have cooking? So marriage is practical. What are the practicalities of marriage? What is the day-to-day bulk of marriage? You can't just get caught up on, oh, we look cute for the gram. Are oh, we out to eat again. That ain't practical. In order for a house to be a home, in order for there to be a legacy left, practicalities in ministry, practicalities with money, there, it's practical. Let's keep going because I have a lot more notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm 45 minutes. Let me see if I can wrap this up in 15. Now, in order to be useful now, you must be these three things, these three things, N-O-W. In order to be useful now for God and to increase your usefulness to others, this is particularly towards God, right? And you have to be near. In order to be useful to God, you got to be near to him. This pen right now, actually one of my favorite pens. I don't know if I can see this. I love these pens. These are my favorite pins, the the, uh, the uh, Pilot P700s. See that? Pilot P700s. I love these pins. My second favorite pin is this, right? But if this pin is downstairs, no, no, no. If this pin, which is my favorite, is downstairs, but I need a pin right now, which one is the most available? Is the one going to be used. The one that's nearest to me is going to be the one used. When I get a download of, of information from God, when I get a download, it doesn't matter if my favorite pen is downstairs. I'm gonna pull the one that's near. So it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you're the most talented preacher this side of the Mississippi. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest orator inside of this firmament. It doesn't matter how great you are. God can care less about ability, He cares about availability. God can use a grandma with two teeth to start a revival. Ninety years old. God don't care about talent. God don't care about ability per se. He cares about availability with the ability. You know what I'm saying? You you don't want to be available, but if this don't have no ink in it, it's useless. So what I'm saying is, even though this pen may be available, it gotta have some ink in it. So you can be in your Bible all day and God be like, oh, that's cute. (laughs) That's cute. You know my word, but fam, are you good at anything? (laughs) God, God, he wants you to have some ink in you so he can write through you, right? And so so we got to be near if we want to be used, near with some ink, okay? And we got to be not connected here. In order to be useful to God, we can't be connected here. We can't be connected. We got to be ready to be raptured at any moment. We can't, we can't be connected. Because if anything is now, don't get me wrong. We're talking about I'm attached to my wife. I am connected to my wife, but I'm not that connected to where I don't listen to God. My wife, I don't want my wife to be so connected to me that I can sway her from what God wants her to do. So even though we're connected, we are we are subjected to God. Right. So so you're going to be connected to people and things, but you got to know that I can't be so connected to this woman. I cannot be so connected to this man. I cannot be so connected to these kids that when God says make a left, but your kid want to go right. You listen to God, not them kids. You listen to God, not your man. You follow God. That's imperative if you want to be useful, because why would God, God can't use somebody who's overly connected to things? God can't use nobody who is not allowing him to be number one. Because humans are flawed. Humans ain't going to always be in discernment. Humans are going to tell you to do stuff that that sounds good, but it ain't God. So you got to be available and accessible. You got to be near and not connected, not so deeply connected to anything so that when God wants to use you, he knows that your wife can't sway you, your husband can't sway you, your kids can't sway you, your pastor can't sway you, your, motor, your mentor can't sway you, the society can't sway you, no president can sway you. How can God use us in the last days if we're scared of some president? How can God use us if we're scared of the societal pressures? God, God uh-uh. We got to stay useful. Even in the midst of persecution, we got to stay useful. Because we know he's our protector. He's our provider. In order to be useful now to God, you must be obedient and okay. You got to be obedient. What I mean by that is, you got to be willing and ready to immediately obey. Eventual obedience is still disobedience. Woo. Eventual obedience is still disobedience because obedience got to do with timing. You can't just be like, God, I'll get to it. You don't miss the opportunity. Obedience says, "You want it done now? I'm on it." Obedience is almost as if you in such a rhythm with God, you anticipate obedience. <laughs> you can see it. I know God. Boom! I'm on it. When I played basketball, like yesterday, I was getting buckets, but I had to switch up how I got them. My shot wasn't falling, right? So I knew the flow of the game. I knew I had three shooters on my team. I had a shifty guard on my team, and and I knew I'm a I'm a roll to the corners. I knew I'm big body, so I went in LeBron mode. You know what I'm saying? So what I did was I said, you know what? They can't handle the big body coming through. Big body bends, Ezzy. Big body bends. Big body rolls, rolling through. So I get them with the ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm at the paint because they can't get through the body. So I knew my usefulness through the flow. I anticipated, hey, I know I got a shifty guard. Let me give. Let me go to the corner three. Because coach can knock that corner three down. Coach can knock the shot down if I got to. But I also know with that corner three, I can pump fake, go baseline. I can pump fake, go inside, and make the defense collapse, and give it to my guard cutting through the middle. See what I'm saying? See, coaches, just the, coach the reason why I'm so good at basketball, I'm intellectually sound. I know the game. Call me, call me Chrissy Paul. You know what I'm saying? Paul, never no, forget it. So what I'm saying is, so I knew the flow of the game. So when you flow with God, you know what's available. You know, I don't got to get 20 points every game. There's some teams where I got to shoot 15 shots. There's some there's some teams where I got to get the buckets. I got to make the just for my shot. But if I got shooters, if I got shooters on my team, I don't have to do the unnecessary. So what I'm saying is, is that when I know the flow, I know where to go. You see what I'm saying? Also, how to become more useful to guard, I got to be okay. I got to be whole. I got to be well. God can't really use nobody weighed down with anxiety and stress. God can't really use nobody caught up in habitual sin. You got to be okay spiritually, you got to be okay mentally, you got to be okay emotionally to be if, if uh, uh used uh, more often by God. And it's gonna be season where you got to say, God, I'm gonna take a quick time, now. I gotta heal. And God ain't gonna use you when He's healing you. And what I mean by it, God can use you anytime. There's some people that's that's in a hospital right now being used to minister to a nurse right now. So we're not talking about God can't use. We're talking about uh operative use. We're talking about operational use. We're talking about out there moving and shaking use. Out there in the midst. Cuz God can use a grandma in a hospital to minister to a doctor. See, we're not saying that you have to God can't use you if you if you're if you're in certain situations. If you got the heart to be used, no matter whatever, but you got to think about that in order for me to be used more effectively and be useful in my family and be useful for years. I got to be okay physically. I got to be okay mentally. I got to be okay emotionally. Let's keep going. In order to be useful now, in order to be useful to God now, you must be W a skilled weapon and wise. I'm a weapon. I want when God see me like man. When I get Josh like that, we empty in the club. <laughs> well, I can I can't, he'll weapon. God knows that man, that boy, that boy, he'll, if I tell Josh to fire off in this video, he'll empty the clip on everybody watching and everybody can get it. <laughs> everybody, everybody, casualties all over the place. Now, I ain't talking about Bible talking about just getting that word. Boom! I caught that. Because he knows Josh is a good weapon. You got to be skilled. What I mean is be good at what you do so God can say, man, I can. That's premium use out of them. People who are the most skilled typically makes the most money. You got to be skilled. You got to be good at what you do. So that God can say, Hey, I can use because that man as an orator, that man as an influencer, that guy, that girl who's a connector, I can use that person. Cause they're what they give is premium. That's why I said one of all of my veil says, uh, what I say, um, to help you grow holistically for God's optimum use. I want to get you to, I want my other phrase is that I'm gonna start saying is to present to God a people prepared. I want when God looks at you, he can be like, that's optimum use right there. I get, ooh, that's good use right there. When I use her, and the thing about use, it's okay to be used, but it's not okay to be abused. I want my wife to use me. I want my principal to use me. I want my pastor to use me. I want my friends to use me. I want the kids to use me. I'm a great resource. I get offended when people don't use me. I used to, I used to, sometimes I got to work on that. I get a fit. When I got family members of people that just look at me like I ain't Coach Josh, like I ain't that dude, like I ain't Josh. I get a fit. on my fam, I'm a freaking library. <laughs> I, I'm like the little, little little index thing back in the libraries and I'm a resource, fam, and you don't want to use me. I said, fam, that's cool. You got to go where you celebrate, not where you tolerate it. Because if you always go where you tolerate it, you allow your gifts to lose value. Not everybody's going to see your use. It may bother you, but don't let it get, don't let it offend you. Because if people don't see me as a use, somebody else will. And then they'll get mad when somebody else is using you. And now they're like, oh, but you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. And it's like, fam, you didn't see my value. I'll go where I'm celebrated, baby. i go where I'm not. Why am I going to go where I'm tolerated for? If you don't love my presence, then you're going to miss me through my absence. If you don't love my presence, which is a gift, if you don't love what I present, and if you don't love what I uh, give as a gift, then I'm not going to bring it to your doorstep. I'm going to step over to where it's received, right? So what I'm saying is, and what am I saying? Any Either way, you got to be so skilled and useful to the point to where you know your value of use and you eliminate opportunities of abuse. You got to guard your usage because you know how skilled you are. You know how valuable you are. You got to be wise. You want to be used by God. You got to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, where to do it. Got to be wise. You just can't be eager all the time. You got to be calculated in order to be used by God. You got to be a thinker to be used like that by God at a high level. You got to be, hey, this person just don't be eagerly, impulsively. That person is led by the spirit. That person is a discerner. Now, how to find your use real quickly? How to find your use? You got to seek understanding from God. How to find my use? God, because you're going to end up in the pool of uselessness if you don't pull from God your use, your usage. What am I here to do? You got to seek understanding from God. Who am I, God? What am I here to do? That's right. Dust the dirt off your feet and move on. Listen, Jesus said, if you're not accepted there, I mean, what you doing? Dusting off your Jays? My state? Why we a lot of Adidas now? Hey, why, Coach? Jock dusting off his Adidas. You know, you turn around and be like, the state of your home is going to be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> just joking, just joking. You got to do that. But dirt, get, get the, cause that dirt, you don't keep moving. You got to seek understanding from God. You, you got to seek understanding from God. God, who am I? Who is me? Who am I? The more you engage God, the more you find your use and your use is really in you already. How to find you seek understanding from God, engage God more, get under God, sit up under him for a while, understand him, understand yourself and become undefiled. How to find your use, untangle yourself from all defilement. I don't got time to be, uh -uh. that's how I find my use and prepare myself to be used. Because the issue is a lot of our, uh, all of the things that we work, because God did not send nobody in this world without this particular file. There's a file in you called fulfillment, (laughs) fulfillment, purpose. There's a file called fulfillment, fulfillment, right? That's in us. That's already was put in us before we came out of our mother's womb was actually in us before we was even formed because before we was informed form in mother's womb, he knew us. It's a file in you, right? The issue is on top of that file, on top of that pile, on top of that file is piled abandonment, abuse, rejections, opinions, and we ignore those things. And those things actually contaminate and affect our use. Or even if we do know our use and we know that we're great speakers and we're great writers and we're great communicators and we're great uh, 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 artists and we're great business strategists, right? We're great all these different things. The sins we engage in defiles the file. And so in order for us to be used by God, we can't be defiled or we got to and we got to pull our file from the pile. In order for us to find our use, if I communicate without the anointing, this is ineffective. Anointing begins to subside if I get into habitual sin. Therefore, I stay away from sin because I have to create, I have to sustain a certain level of potency if there's supposed to be yokes destroyed. All right, So when you know your use and who is using you, you don't want God to use a dirty tool. God ain't going to use. What I mean by dirty tool, we talk about a defiled tool. We're not talking about uh, mistakes that you made. We're talking about I am habitually sinner, and I don't care how you're feeling, God. I'm going to do this. God can't use. You. Or if you're allowing things to be piled on top of that file and you never find out who you're supposed to be. Then it's hard to find your use. S, you got to take yourself time and eternally seriously. You got to take yourself seriously. Man, fam, You do, do do we know how fragile life is? Life is fragile. One twist of the neck, wrong. One cut on the oh, wrong. You're out of here. You got to take your life seriously to know your use. How to find use, you got to say, I'm going to start taking myself seriously. I'm going to start taking my time seriously. I'm going to start taking God and eternity seriously. You you know what's going to make you find your use real quick? (laughs) That you're going to have to stand face to face to God to be held accountable on how you use your talents. How many people bury their talents? No, no. The story of the talent says the person with the four, the person with the two, they they multiplied their talent. They didn't hide their money. They gained more. So what I'm saying is, I got to take God seriously. See, one thing about um, God, God is loving. God is amazing. But God ain't someone to play with, fam. We got this messed up view of God. He's all love. (laughs) And he is. But well, we forget that God has righteous jealousy. God has a wrath that's being compounded. God has a whole thing over here compounding. Bible says in John 3, everybody love John 3, 16, but you keep reading. His wrath is being compounded. God is serious. That's why I, I, I hate when, it, it, when people start mistreating me, they see one. That's why I try to keep this side away. I try to keep a side of me from being seen. That's why I'd rather walk away from people than from people to see how I respond when I'm disrespected or not valued. right? God is like that, man. God is like, man, I'm trying to give y'all a lot of love, fam, but there's gonna come a day where judgment comes. Right now, we're under the dispossession of grace. Then we're gonna be, some people are gonna be up under the doom of his wrath. God ain't someone to play with, fam. Even if your soul is saved, You still got to stand before God and be held accountable for what you did in this body. This body is leased, not owned. We don't own this body. We were bought with the price from the blood of God. Only a God's blood can can appease a God's wrath. That's why Jesus is God. Jesus is God because God ain't going to take no mere man's blood to pay the payment that will appease a God's holiness and wrath. It requires a God to shed his blood to appease a God, (laughs) to appease himself so that we can be welcomed to the wealth of his kingdom. I take the price of the blood of Jesus very seriously. And that's what we all have to do. It costs the life of God. It costs, I won't even say life because he's alive right now. Hey, Sean, do it. But it costs the blood to remove my sins. And I'm going to sit there and stay in sin when I'm paid, when the price has been paid for me not to be. So I got to take the OG seriously. Because when I take him here, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. It is not the middle. It is not the end of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning. Your level of fear and honor towards God will determine your usefulness to Him. God's looking for people who's not in la la land in His love. God loves me. God loves you. Cool. That's fine. But are we ready to are we ready to be used? La la land of love. That's all that. God loves me. Cool. Get out of that love, man, and do something with it. <laughs> do something with that love of God. Make something happen. Be useful. And see yourself the way God sees. That's important. Yeah, see yourself the way God sees. you. It's hard to be useful if you feel useless. But God said, man, I can use that. I can I can make something out of that. God man, God ain't no big mama, but God, God be like, what what <laughs> when we was growing up? Mom be like, What's in the kitchen? And your mom is just a miracle worker. Your mom can look at the kitchen, look in the cupboard and say, oh, I can I can make something work with this. <laughs> I can I can I, we, only ain't go to we only gotta go to the store. We ain't gotta go to the store. We only got I can I can do something with this right here. I can do something with this. That's how God said, Hey, 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 don't hey, I can do something with that. Put that fried bologna on the stove, God. It don't matter how God can God can make hood meals. <laughs> God, God said, "Listen, if all you got is bologna and cheese, fam, we'll make that work. I can do something with that." guys "Give me that baloney. I can do something to put the red thing off, slid in, put the cheese on it, like the let it bubble a little bit." God said, "I can make toasted bread a little bit." God said, "I can work with that. I don't care if you if you hood if you hood classic. Don't, God said, I don't care if I can use the hood in you." To bring good out of you, I can I can use whatever God said. Like, I can I can I can make I can make anything out of anything if you let me use it. E. Ask yourself, what do you do easily and effortlessly? That's how you find. It. What do I do? Like just talking stuff, just connecting, and helping people. I've been doing this since since I was a little kid. So I know this is what I'm supposed to use. This is what I'm supposed to give God and maximize and groom it and develop it. And what problem in the world do you feel compelled to eradicate? That's where you find your use. Now, last slide, I gotta go. Go take me a nap. Phrase seven things to to remember. So I'm gonna get buckets again tonight, too. Know what I'm saying? Uh, Phrases to remember when it comes to the word use. Number one, the context of use. Know the proper use of everything, including you. In order to uh, be useful, find the context of the use. Before you marry your wife, find the context of the use of a wife. Before you look for, before you welcome a husband, before you find your husband, find the context of the use of a husband. What is a husband supposed to do? What is a wife supposed to do? When you have children, find the context of the use of the child. What's the context? Only God knows the context of everyone, right? So you got to know the context of use. In order to be useful, I got to look at the context of me. The content, the context. You know what I'm saying? The context of use. Know the proper use of everything, including you. What's the proper use of money? What's the context, the proper, the context of use, the proper use of money, the proper use of time, the proper use of thought, the proper use of emotion. Number two, make the best use of or put to good use. No matter what's there, make the best of it. Make the best use of it. Don't wait for perfect conditions to wait to be used. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for perfect conditions to be used. No, 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 no. God can use you right now with all the stuff you have now. Those who make the best use of their time, Become more useful. Those who make those who wait for perfect conditions to get something done get nothing done. But those who make imperfect conditions perfect gets a lot of things done. There's people in other countries right now got uh, in certain hoods right now who got crates as basketball goals. They didn't wait for a park to be built. They didn't wait for a gym to be built by the house. They got some yards or whatever and said, well, how, what is 10 feet? And they got a ladder and they put a nail in a crate. Those people are successful individuals who make the best use, make the best use of what's available. I got to make the best use of what's around me to get physically healthy, spiritually healthy. I can't wait. You can't wait for you can't wait till you have money for for a major study Bible to start reading a Bible. Go to, the, go to the store and get your, go to the dollar store and get a dollar Bible and get into it. You know what I'm saying is you got to make the best use of or put to good use. A good use. So I'm going to put to good use myself every day. Let's keep going. You got to be useful. We already talked about that. Be useful. Uh, be useful means, hey, I'm available. I'm equipped. Look at my tool belt. And the thing is, don't just puff, don't be puffing up your brain and have all these different skills, but you don't have the will for the skills. The endurance for the skill. What's the point of having a hammer on your tool belt and you don't got the patience? What's the purpose of having the, the proper tool if you don't have the patience for the tool and for the process? You got to be useful internally and externally. You just came, like, oh, I'm useful in provision, but you don't have the patience to provide holistic need the holistic need of your family. Next point, you gotta use by. You ever seen use by on food? Use by because it expires. Time is precious. You only have a window for opportunities. You got to use by. There's some things that God said, you only got a window to get this done. You got to use this by this date, or it's not useful anymore. That's why you can't procrastinate. You got to say, okay, God, what's the time frame? You got to flow with the spirit of God. You can't eventually obey. You got to immediately obey because it could be a time restraint. It could be a timing to it. So you gotta use this by right now. I gotta keep right of God. Told me to write this book right now. I'm gonna write it because there's gonna be an expiration date. Because if I maximize my time and I use it by the set date, then I could be setting me up for a better date down the road financially. Time is pressure, you only have a window, a certain window of opportunities. Easy to use, gotta be easy to use. Be easy to be used by God, not hard to use. Don't be don't be di- difficult. So many people are just too difficult for God to you. You're just too difficult. You're too emotional. You're too hot-headed. You're too worrisome. You see what I'm saying? Right, you, you can't be difficult. You got to be easy to use. You got to be cool. God, can God kick it with you and enjoy your time? Or are you annoying and difficult? I want God to be like, hey, man, y'all, I'm going to vibe with I'm going to hang out with Josh, man. Josh cool to hang out with. I want when God, when He think about kicking with me, He be like, man, yo, I get to kick up a child. That's cool, man. He's easy to use, man. Difficult. He's smooth. He patient. He kind. He's chilling. <laughs> got to be easy to use. In use, you got to end use. Cut the subscription to people and things that use you improperly or use up your time. You got to end the use of certain things. In order to be useful to God, you gotta end the use. I can't, I, I I can't be used by you anymore, I can't use you anymore. Listen, I can't trust people, I don't trust the discernment. If I can't trust your discernment, I can't trust you. And if and if you're not if you're not reliable and trustworthy with yourself, why am I gonna entrust myself to you? So there's certain people you gotta cut the subscription to and say, Hey, I'm done with you. No, it's good. you, you, you you're using me, you're abusing me. And you're just not trustworthy. Last but not least, you got to use up. Use up everything in you and don't leave a drop of anything in your soul. The goal is to live full and die empty. That's why I'm using up everything in me. Upload the file. Holy Spirit, what else is in there? Could it be that I have 70 books in me? I want to use, I want to put, I don't want to die with one book in me. Heard a preacher say the wealthiest place on the earth is in the graveyards. The wealthiest place on earth is the graveyards where people die with their gifts and talents in them. Mm-hmm. I want when God, when when I die, <laughs> straight up. And God be like, hey, fam, you're empty. <laughs> There's nothing in here. I don't want to go. I, Miles Monroe, he did say, yep, that was Miles. Miles Monroe did say that. Miles Moreau said, Hey, the wealthiest place is in the graveyards. I don't got time to get to heaven, and I'm a full duffel bag. (laughs) I want God when He opened me, He'd be like, Man, ain't nothing in here, son. You empty all of you, so you got to use it up. Mm -mm, I ain't leaving nothing down here. That's why when I get buckets, that's why I was so valuable. That's why I started on my team when I was in high school. The reason why I have a starting, because I got every loose ball. I was a I was a Draymond and Dennis Rodman hybrid. That's who I was. So I was with them six eleven dudes. I was playing a four to five because I would box out. I would get. I would snag rebounds over six six and above. I was feisty. I got the I got the loose balls. I was gonna say pause, but they ain't time in the place. But what I was saying was, man, I was just that guy. So that's why I got the position because I was like, hey, I can meet the need. But I left it all on the court so I don't go back and say, man, I wish I would have did that. The same is with life. I don't want to die with regret. I don't. I don't want to die with anything left in me and neither should you. So now the seven things you must remember. The context of use. Know the proper use of everything, including the What's the context of the use? How am I supposed to use this? How am I supposed to use my wife? How's my wife supposed to use me? What is the context of me, the context of her, so we can use each other properly? There's nothing wrong with being used. The issue is when we are abused or used beyond our normal use. I gotta make the best use of. I can't wait for perfect conditions to get things done. I gotta use, I gotta make my imperfect conditions perfect. I gotta put to good use. I got everything I have, I gotta put it to a good use, not a bad use. I can't. So you put to a good use means I can't be over here using something for good in a bad way. A hammer not used as a hammer is a weapon. I talked to my kids last night. I said I had my keys. I said, uh, what's the proper use of these keys? They said to drive and open up things. I said, what's the improper use of these keys? One girl in the back says the key somebody's car. I said, girl, whose name you wrote on the side? <laughs> I said, who in cursive? What, what did you write on that man's car? I'm just joking. Got to put the good use, not the bad use. You got to be useful. You got to use by a certain time, man. Certain things got a time restraint, got a timetable to it. Easy to use. You got to be enjoyable, not difficult. In use, you got to cut some people off and use up everything in you for God's glory. Hope y'all learned something. Check out my website for more tools, resources, card games, books, all that good stuff at IamUnplugged.com. unplugged.com. everything you need. Uh, books, card games, courses, all that kind of stuff. My latest book is there, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Got a book called Dating Prep. It preps you to date the love of your life forever by dating God and dating yourself so you can become dateable. I got this book on soul ties, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. Like that bird whom the sun sets free is free indeed, but you got to fly in that freedom. Another book called The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? Um, how to, uh, 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 better understand wholeness and whatnot and other books as well, including the red book on spiritual warfare and my first children's book, my wife and our children, but as he says, as is for the students I serve in the top right corner there, uh, uh Patreon, if you want to get more coaching access to me, you could join my Patreon. Um, you can go to patreon.com right now and type in Joshua, Ezzie, e as he and an elephant, Z as in zebra is e an elephant. Um, and you could be able to join my Patreon there. Uh, what else? Uh card games, um, uh, Life YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be vlogging more soon. Lord willing. I think that's it. Let me see if anybody comment. Uh uh Katina says, God been telling me to finish this book and I still haven't finished. I just don't know when to stop. I need direction. Well, let me tell you this. Um, um, uh, every day write something. Like yesterday, I went a day without writing. It was 2 46 in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And I wrote anyway. You got to keep that rhythm. You got to keep going. Uh, God be telling me to finish this book and I still haven't finished. Take your time, pace yourself. um, uh, uh, um, uh, Examine your uh, distractions. Examine the deep things in you that's caused you to feel um, uh, not qualified or not inspired. Uh, What I do is um, I'll either purchase a prototype of my book or I'll close my eyes and think about uh, a particular reader holding my book with tears in their eyes, thankful, looking to God, being grateful that I wrote that book. <clears throat> That's what kind of builds motivation because I know, <clears throat> excuse me, that um that this book is going to bless people. Uh, and don't beat yourself up because you haven't finished because maybe God. Sometimes the writer's block is God blocking you because there's certain experiences you want you to experience that would add to the book. Um, and so email me. Let me know how I can help. Uh. Cause I'm on my eighth book right now, so I think I can help you. I'm um, help you with that. Main of music says, "Love what you do. God gets glory, man." So glad that you enjoy um, the material. God gets glory uh, for that. Tara McDonald says, "Thank you for a clarification of Godly way. Be blessed. You too. Now I love y'all. I'm gonna get up out of here. Y'all be blessed. Um, and I'll see y'all soon. Uh, I think that's it. Holy Spirit, anything else? Nope, we good. Peace.